Hello, my name's Danny Edwards and I'm the co-editor of Shots. Thanks for tuning in to our To The Point podcast, which is brought to you by the British Arrows. In this, our first episode, we'll be discussing sustainability and advertising's impact on it and the measures the industry is putting in place to counteract it. Essentially, we'll be asking how sustainable is advertising? I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Donald and Anthony Falco. Claire is the Chief Production Officer at Publicist Group UK, as well as the current co-chairperson of the British Arrows. And Anthony is the Chief Production Officer at Adam and Eve DDB. Aside from sustainability being personally close to their hearts, both Claire and Anthony are part of the advertising association-led AdNet Zero initiative, which is committed to a five-point plan to get the advertising industry to real net zero carbon emissions by the end of 2030. Thanks for joining us uh, here on today's podcast, both of you. It's very nice to talk to you. Um, so the first question I want to ask starts with a quote. So Keith Weed, the president of the Advertising Association, said, and this is the quote, the climate emergency is the biggest challenge we will face in our lifetimes, dwarfing the current COVID-19 crisis. So do you think that brands are not just aware of that, but acting on it? Uh, shall I kick off, Anthony? Feel free to. Uh, well, I, I have to say I, I agree with Keith Weed. I think that the issues we're facing from an environmental point of view dwarf all other issues, frankly. Um, so uh, are brands aware and doing enough? I think it it varies enormously from brand to brand. There are very few that aren't aware of the issues and have some kind of CSR policy in place, but uh, we're finding massive disparity in terms of the reaction to uh, the ad green levy um, and, and how supportive. I think that certainly after COP26, there will probably be a, a momentum towards much more awareness and leaning in. Um, but I, I think it, it varies enormously. Unilever, for instance, is a is a brand that's 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 very involved from a sustainability point of view. But um, yeah, it's it, it's 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 small but gaining momentum. I would say. Okay, Anthony, how about you? I, I, sure. I, I, I'd agree with that, Claire. I, I think that there there's certainly more activity uh, and far more conversations than there were a year ago. I don't think we're moving quickly enough. I'd agree with you, Claire. Also, that some brands are, are more committed to change than others. I do wonder, though, how it, it, it sort of maybe um, reflects our own sort of views in society and as individuals. And I think an organisation led from the top by somebody who feels passionately about the environment uh, and, and protecting it is probably more likely to, to make changes more quickly or certainly sort of promote that within their organisation. Obviously, some of these organisations are, are vast, uh, which creates a problem in itself. Um, so uh, more conversations, definitely more of our clients are, are, are starting to talk to us. New, interestingly, new clients, I think when we're, we're pitching more and more, I'm, I'm uh, being asked to either meet the client that we might have just won or that we're talking to or supply information around the initiatives that we are working on. If there are any updates to those, you know, because uh, there's often updates and, and continual sort of evolve, uh, involving of those those initiatives and what we're, we're doing, currently doing internally. So that's a positive sign, definitely. Um, I think it will become probably more likely to be part of our sort of uh, uh, sort of pitch process embedded into that. In fact, it is embedded into that, but I think it will be part of the, the criteria uh, of, of awarding work to, a, to an advertising agency in the future, which can, which can only be positive as well. But it, it's slow. It's, 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 momentum is gathering, as Claire says, but it's, it's not quick enough. I think the one the one one interesting thing I've I've well, one of the interesting things I've been talking to clients about, which probably wasn't really aware of, or, or took into consideration as much as I should, is that what we do for them is 
is often a very, very small part of, of the, the problem that they face in terms of making their business sustainable. So, yes, of course, it's important and it's important to the people that we talk to within the marketing team. Um, but a client who has a massive and very complex international manufacturing process, for example, the carbon impact of that dwarfs, you know, the word again dwarfs, but it dwarfs what we do as an industry. And so to be able to invest and change uh, across their, their value chain uh, is, is probably the biggest problem they have, um, or one of the biggest problems they have. Um, and I love, I love the idea of, uh, of insetting rather than offsetting, which is uh, something I know a, a, a lot of our clients are, are looking at, which is investing in that value chain uh, to reduce carbon emissions and promote sustainable sort of practices and behaviours um, to, to create positive impacts along that supply chain in, in communities uh, to ecosystems, uh, uh, which, again, I think is a fascinating way of looking at things uh, and an important way of looking at things, not just uh, the, the, uh, the, the end product, but how your product is made. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned uh, about the, the, the sort of opinion and, and the, the approach of the people at the top of these organisations. I mean, how much do you think public opinion can affect that? You know, sort of a lot of people now are very aware of the climate emergency, rightly so, and, you know, kind of make a purchasing choices based on how a brand acts and what a brand does uh, and not just on the product. Do you think that will start to impact businesses and big businesses and how they approach these things because that might sort of affect sales eventually? Yeah, I, I do. I'd, I'd like to think it was led by the public. Um, but I, I, I don't, again, I don't know your own personal opinions, but I, I, it is something that's close to my heart, the subject, and as you rightly say, and Claire's too. Um, but I, I don't see enough change around me. I mean, I'm not perfect at all. I, can't, I never profess to be, but we, we, as a family, we try and do what we can out of out of out of the, my professional life, and so, but I'm I'm often quite dismayed at the lack of activity that I see from from others, be it friends, family, or or just people at large. So I'd like to think that it's pressure from consumers on brands. I wonder if it's going to have to be the other way around, because or at least it's got to work in in step. Because I, I don't think the pressure's there or building significantly enough to force that change to happen quickly enough, would be my opinion. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I mean, very sadly, the events of the last few months, you know, the floods in Germany and China and the fires across many other parts mm. of the world, I think people are waking up more and more to the very real impacts of climate change. And I think some brands will, I think it's a really good point, Anthony, will lead the way because they care passionately and, and I think that's something we should champion and support through all of the innovation that, that, that we can support our brands through in terms of finding better ways to reduce their carbon impact. And then other brands, frankly, might be, and this is me being terribly cynical, and I think we have to watch out for this as much as we can, but leaning into what they think is what their consumers want to hear essentially tick certain boxes which might become greenwashing as opposed to an actual mm. change on their part. So I think that, that that's something that I know through one of the five action points um, we're very aware of, that, that all of this, our ability to change consumer behaviour has to be absolutely for the right reasons and not just to make people feel better without real change. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think the only the other thing, sorry, Danny, I don't know, right. that let's not, let's not, sort of uh, there is only one direction of travel you know there is only one eventual end to this which is we will become more sustainable we will care more as a country and we will care more as as brands because we know that we have to or they they will have to to sell their products 
for me, it's just the speed. I'm only talking about the speed. I think it's just we're not moving, in my mind, and I find it quite disappointing, we're not moving quickly enough coll- collectively to the point that we need to get to. So I think we're, we're going to get there. You know, it's just we, we haven't got time. You know, we haven't got time to, to, to hang around here. Do you think that that sort of slow movement is just because of the, the sort of nature of climate change and that it's not always immediately obvious what the problem is. Obviously, you know, Claire's just alluded to all the issues in Germany and the flooding and stuff like that. So there are these things that happen, but, you know, it's not yeah. a constant and people, I guess it's, it feels like such a big problem that, that sometimes people think that I'm just one person in this sort of, you know, seven billion sort of people. What, what difference can I make? Is, is that a sort of... A slightly uh, a slight reason for why things don't happen quicker. I, I think you know it, it is so easy for people to feel overwhelmed yeah. and think that they can't really contribute. But I would say, as Anthony said, you know he's not perfect. I'm certainly not perfect either. But any change you make has to be a step forward. So rather than think, oh my God, it's all too much. I can't. I can't. My little old me. I can't make a difference. You know, eat meat two days less a week. Mm. Don't fly get a train, all of these little differences. And of course, I would encourage everyone, including myself, to to make dramatic change where possible. But any incremental change is going to be better than no change at all. And I agree with you totally, Claire, actually. And somebody said to me once, um, uh, don't worry about the whole jigsaw puzzle, just concentrate on your piece. And I think that was really good advice. If you take that to your point, Claire, that, you know, we can't solve it individually. I think a lot of inactivities, for lots of different reasons, actually, um, embracing the problem uh, means that you might have to change your lifestyles and the thing that you really enjoy doing, which might be holidays, might be other things that aren't so sustainable, for, for as one example, one of many. Um, but I think that, and I think some is debilitation because it just feels too overwhelming. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, 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 to make a difference. And I think if you do concentrate on your one little jigsaw piece and do as much as you can, or a little bit, as Claire says, it does make a difference. It really does make, it can make a difference. Yeah, yeah. And so look, we've talked a bit about the kind of clients and, and brands and the changes they can make and the changes they are making. But what about the advertising indi- industry itself? So what, what is the industry it's doing to kind of ensure that um, this problem is something that they're tackling? Danny, I think the, uh, one of the, the biggest things for me, and, and Claire mentioned it, and it's something we're both proud of, of being part of, uh, is the Advertising Association's AdNet Zero uh, action plan. And uh, I, I think without the Ad- Advertising Association uh, leading that for the industry across um, the APA, IPA, ISBAR members, um, I think it would be hard to sort of gather that sort of combined and, and uh, support. So I think uh, individual companies doing it's great, and we are. Uh, but I think uh, the Advertising Association being the centre of that and, 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 and giving people some of the answers or at least helping them uh, with clear direction I think he's starting to create really positive, significant change. Over time, it's still taking time, but the amount of people that have signed up to AdNet Zero, the conversations that Claire and I are in, uh, the visibility of AdNet Zero as as a thing to management within those companies to to push forward and promote very positively to clients and prospective clients is is a super positive thing, a really positive thing. Um, So I think that is probably the single most, and obviously that's broken into action an action plan of multiple things but i think that's probably the single most important thing we've done as an industry for uh, uh, regarding climate change i think i'm going to sound like a poster girl for ad net zero but i think it's fantastic i think it's clear it's simple there are really tangible action points across all aspects of of the comms industry so 
obviously production, which is one that Anthony and I are most involved in. But there's a media piece, there's an awards and event piece, there's a get your own house in order piece with all kinds of very practical ways about how to do that. And then there's a, the sort of the calling it the change, the brief, the power to change behaviour through what we do. Um, and, I, and I think that um, it's making a huge difference already and I think it will continue to do so. And this is a voluntary organisation, is it or a voluntary initiative that, that advertisers and companies sign up to and, and kind of can be a part of? And, and how sort of wide-ranging is that at the moment, do you know? Like how many people are, or how, how many companies are involved in AdNet Zero? Yeah, I mean, it's growing all the time in terms of the people signing up to it. I don't know, Claire, I don't know if you do, I don't know the exact number now. Um, but uh, most of the major advertising agencies are, are, are signed up, Same, aimed specifically at the advertising industry. Uh, with, as Claire said, clear actions to try and help our clients as well as ourselves reduce carbon emissions. I mean, mm -hmm. related more specifically to your, your question about what the advertising industry doing uh, to ensure our own carbon footprint. Obviously, some of that's the, the associated carbon footprint with what we do for our brands. Um, I think action one, as Claire says, is about getting our own house in order. And I think that's a really important place to start, of course. Um, and, and that involves auditing our own carbon footprint, supplying as AdNet Zero members uh, that audit to the Advertising Association to get a good read on, on where we stand, a, a sample, uh, a fairly significant sample of, uh, of, of the carbon emissions, sorry, of some of the largest companies. So again, we can then do that year on year and see how we're tracking, see how we're doing. Um, I think there's some practical things that, that we should be doing to enable that as, a, as agencies. Um, I think we should all be looking at our energy supply, probably our single most, as along with travel, our single most uh, carbon intensive activity and, and probably one of the simplest things to change, um, assuming that there aren't any sort of long term contracts and deals in place. But over time, we should be able to change and, and make a pretty significant difference. Um, Claire and I, I'm sure, have a. Uh, I'll be I'll thinking about our, our travel policy and flights around shoots. And again, we'll probably come on to talk about that a little bit more later, I would imagine. But um, I think we do need to look at you know how and when and how far and how often and what class of travel we, we take. Uh, that will make a significant difference to, to, to our own carbon uh, emissions. The one thing we've done, which has been really successful, actually, uh, and maybe for the people listening, it might be a, a, a tip for them if, if, if they think it's a good idea is, is and don't have this in place already, is some sort of green team, environmental team, uh, uh, people who lead the, the, the charge internally. Um, what we found is that works most effectively when you have people from all departments uh, for a couple of reasons. One, they can influence more people, everybody, you know, across the industry, uh, across the agency. You have different skill sets you can draw upon. You might need to do some internal comms and, 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 other, and other things internally that might require their skills. Um, and obviously, there's a sense of, uh, of, of um, uh, sort of collaboration across, across the, the business. I think going back to the first point at the very beginning of our conversation around the, the um, uh, view and, and opinions of, of the general public, you know, we have to, we have to educate, inspire uh, people internally to want to make that change and, and push the, that agenda to our clients as well. So I think as, as well as a green team, maybe helping um, us uh, achieve our goal of reducing our carbon emissions, I think it can also help change behaviour of the people who work within an organisation to then perpetuate that change uh, with our clients and actually into their personal life, which is also pretty awesome. I think uh, we, we I, I kicked off a green team. We've called it the same thing at Publicis Group, and and we have 
I'm on the steering committee for AdNet Zero and we have representatives across all of the five subcommittees. So exactly as you said, Anthony, really getting people with their different skill sets and, and experience to, to lean in and support and help drive forward all of those different initiatives. But I think increasingly there's a business imperative for this because not only is it the right thing to do, not only is it uh, increasingly part of every single pitch and bid that we put forward with clients, but also there's awareness for a lot of young people, but not just young people, about how important uh, action on climate change is. So our ability to both attract and retain talent, I think, is going to be increasingly guided by what our policies are and how ambitious we are to make real change. Yeah, yeah. I and agree. you said you, you both alluded to the the five point uh, plan of AdNet Zero, and and so I think you said like as it is point one is advertising businesses' own operations, and a lot of that comes from travel. So I think uh, the information I've here is that eighty four thousand tons a year of CO two emissions are generated by um, the advertising industry. I think and forty two percent of that comes from energy uses and fifty eight percent from business travel. So do you think the pandemic is actually aside from your sort of own initiatives of trying to limit that and uh, you know regardless of the pandemic sort of um, curtail some of that? Do you think the pandemic and the kind of lack of travel over the last year 18 months and the potential that that might continue will be a benefit like do you think that agencies and production companies will um kind of try and stick to what they've done over the last of what they've been forced to do over the last 18 months and not travel not go to shoots as in such big numbers or at all i hope, I hope so um i i think um and claire there's probably some shared shared experiences here over the shoots that we've done over the last 18 months but um, I think for some clients, and again, mentioning Unilever, uh, as, as Claire did earlier, who are definitely leading the way and, and are making some pretty pretty uh, significant commitments, um, I think they uh, have been shown, and we've all been shown, that remote shooting can work and does work. Um, I think other clients who maybe were more sceptical um, or had never considered it, and let's be honest, as an industry, we'd never really considered it, advertising agencies as well, um, uh, have been shown that it, it can work also. So um, I would hope that we as an industry and, and our clients uh, send fewer people uh, and on occasions don't need to send anybody, dependent on the complexity of the shoot. Uh, we don't have a choice, you know, until there's a different type of fuel to, to, to fuel aeroplanes. Um, we don't have a choice but to reduce those emissions. We're kidding ourselves if we do. I mean, there is just no choice. So we have to find other ways uh, of doing what we've done for for so so very long. I mean, I don't think it's just about uh, travel. By the way, I think that, that we need to look at travelling less, uh, like shooting close to home rather mm -hmm. than than shooting further away. I think we need to look at um, things like and the thing that blew my mind when I saw it probably a couple of years ago. And again, for anybody who's listening, I I definitely suggest watching the making of uh, is the Mandalorian. If you've seen the Mandalorian, it's just phenomenal, uh, and the idea of being able to uh, display a video display on a huge photo reel CGI environments on a huge wraparound video uh, display in front of a real actor lit to, to match the environment that you've created with an, an environment that's tracked to the camera so it creates a parallax effect as the camera moves the environment moves in effect which makes it look photo real and if anybody's seen Randallorian 60% I believe having spoken to uh, Epic Games uh, uh, who, who helped create that with their Unreal Engine um, uh, is is made in this sort of virtual way. I, I defy anybody to to just spot where the what those are and 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 pick the difference between the, the the real environment. So I think that's part of our future too. I mean, we're looking at a project with a client at the moment where 
uh, we are looking to do exactly that and shoot uh, many different commercials for many different markets, probably in the UK, um, uh, using a, a digital environment. Uh, and again, that's another that has to be another part of our future. I, I can't see that, that techniques like that won't also be part of of the way that we shoot things in the future. But yeah, I think it's got we've got to reduce travel. Yeah. Is the, I mean, the, the virtual production studio, Claire, I mean, do you think that is a, I, I don't know about the expense of that and, and the availability of those sort of things, but do you think that is something that people should look into more, should be more aware of and, and kind of embrace more so to, to sort of um, curtail the travelling and the need for flying? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think we should all be very, very hopeful that we've proven we can still carry on making films without having to fly as much. Um, we've actually uh, been collaborating with with a studio quite brilliant and we're shooting our first ad next month uh, using amazing yeah which is actually i can't tell you i've never considered myself a tech geek but i'm <laughs> overexcited about the potential of the whole thing and we uh the test that the studio did was um they, they shot over two days i think 10 different locations and they did a very sensible budget they would there's no fudging going on the comparable budget that would have the carbon impact emissions had it been shot in a traditional way was something like 4.8 tons versus 94 tons right. i've probably got that wrong Fantastic. but but a massive massive difference um and uh, from a cost point of view i think uh, this will actually lead to savings for clients as well so i think that the, the whole uh, virtual production uh, unreal engine technology is going to explode really quickly and, and i'm very excited to be part of that hmm. Um, what's your, um, oh, sorry, Danny. Um, no, no, what's your, cause I think there's, I, th I think what we have found, and again, Claire, tell me if you've found the same, is that you know the idea of virtual shooting or sorry, remote shooting, sorry, is 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 a great one and, and, and one that has to continue to some degree. Um, most of the work we've done over the course of the year has been, I'd say, pretty successful. Um, but what we have found is the very most complex productions, and Claire and I work on, some, you know, our companies work on some pretty big complex. Uh, productions uh, don't work so well. Um, they are so complex. There are so, they have to, we have to move so quickly over so many locations with so many actors, maybe with stunts, whatever it else. You know, it, very expensive days, very quick decisions needed to be made. Um, and we found in those instances that actually, uh, if we're on the ground and the, the client is remote. That doesn't work very well because it, 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 certainly if you're working over different time zones and people are up in the middle of the night and it's hard to keep focus and keep attention, that's absolutely natural. Um, uh, or just everybody being able to experience physically and vis visibly exactly what's happening on set to make those very uh, quick uh, decisions uh, to, to, to move on. So we found that most of the time it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And even when it does work on the more complex ones where we have... Um, we have all been remote or, or largely been remote. What I found has worked really well is you, you still create a centre. You still create a hub uh, in the UK. So we've used our office actually as a, as a hub. So we've got clients and agency together. We sort of recreated the feel and the camaraderie and the and the, the atmosphere and the the the, um, the responsiveness and immediacy, I suppose, of a of a, a shoot environment. Uh, away from the shoot itself, and that's worked really well. Actually, we've done three or four um, uh, more than that shoots this year. I've been involved in a couple of them uh, firsthand in in that sort of group, uh, and it, it has worked because at least then you can get that communication as, as one back to the set quickly. Uh, it's a shared experience. It's it's you know it's um, you're all seeing exactly the same thing at the same time. 
yeah, a very similar experience in terms of uh, making things work and, and, and hubbing to try and recreate the, the sort of atmosphere that you would have on a real set. I think, you know, with everything, we're not going to go to all remote working or all back in the office. I think we're going to have a hybrid approach to many things. So I suspect that that will also translate. There will be some jobs, the big, complicated, stunt-led, whatever that you mentioned, Anthony, we will probably revert back to having as many key people as possible physically there. And I think that's a good thing. Um, But for those simpler productions where we're able to uh, recreate either a virtual environment or a remote environment, um, I think that that because we've proven that it works, that that will be a continuing trend. Because I think, you know, hoping again, people's increasing awareness about sustainability will lead them to try and adopt a sustainable approach wherever possible. And, and so we've talked a bit about obviously AdNet Zero uh, and the work that, that it's doing. I just wanted to touch on AdGreen as well, which is another kind of initiative, a sustainability initiative for the industry. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they, uh, they've introduced a voluntary levy that recommends companies pay a 0.25% of the cost of a campaign, which is capped at £2,500, uh, which then goes to help AdGreen do its work on sustainability and promoting sustainability. So at the moment, 34 companies have signed up for that. But do you think that's enough? Uh, and how can more companies be encouraged to, to join up? Do you think people are aware enough of these initiatives and are you know, sort of inclined enough to, to actually join up and, and stick to those sort of self-imposed rules? Claire, I don't know what you think about that. Well, uh, so so there are within Publicist Group there are a number of advertising agencies. I'm not going to talk about BBH because they're slightly separate, but Saatchi, Leobinet, and Pubpoke. Um, two out of the three of those have adopted an opt-out policy. So essentially, they are putting that. 0.25% levy on all client estimates, having the conversation obviously with clients to explain what it is, but but the, the owners being on the client to then say, no, actually, I don't I want see, to yeah. participate as opposed to trying to get everyone to buy in. So I suspect that figure, um, which I know is the latest figure for AdGreen, um, I'm hoping that there are actually far more clients who are um, either signed up or, or, or soon to sign up as pro- more and more productions roll out. Um, AdGreen is one of the five AdNet Zero initiatives, just to be clear. So okay. it, it's, it's, the production, it's the production initiative of, of those five goals. Um, so uh, again, I think, you know, it, it, we've just kicked off. The calculator isn't even live yet. So the resources that AdGreen give are, there's, there are training, there's also support, there's fantastic practical advice on the site. And we will have a calculator um, which will enable people to track their carbon impact um, and obviously then apply practical solutions so that they can see that diminishing over time. That goes live, Anthony, I think I'm right, in September. Um, so we are collecting that we've only just started collecting. it's early days um, so at the moment not enough clients I suspect by the end of the year we'll see a dramatic shift towards you know I hope the majority of clients because it's really a relatively very low amount you know it's 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 hundreds of pounds or less on 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 most productions which uh, is 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 peanuts in the great scheme of things for what I think the benefit will will be able to bring do you think that carbon calculator will have a, a, a great a sort of benefit because you can see a kind of an actual number that you can work towards diminishing and possibly be surprised by how high it is in the first instance to sort of try and sort of work towards lowering it? I, I, I think so, actually. And I'm, I'm hoping, uh, as Claire is, that, that once the calculator is used, and, and 
bear in mind that the levy is to support the fact that these tools can, are free to use to anybody. So yeah. you don't have to pay the levy to use the, the tools. And to be honest with you, as, as, as Adam and Eve, DDB, if, our client, if a client says, I'm, I'm not willing to pay the levy, we'll still use the tools because it's going to be embedded in the way that we work. So uh, the, the, the reality is, though, uh, AdGreen needs a certain amount of money to be able to support itself as a not-for-profit organization to be able to fund the people behind it, the tools, the training, the, the calculator, etc. So um, that's why the, the levy is there. The more people who contribute, the smaller the levy becomes or the percentage becomes. So there's that. That's the truth as well. So, but I think that, um, yeah, I, th- I think once the calculator is is used, I think what's brilliant about what we do, as opposed to actually the broadcast industry, which is where this sort of started with Albert and we uh, Adgreen have partnered with Albert to sort of um, adapt their tools actually for our industry, uh, where actually you're measuring the the carbon uh, impact through the production. You're trying to take down, as you rightly say, Danny, the the um, the carbon uh, 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 that you're creating as a, uh, with some choices and some advice and some resources and and some decisions along the way through production. Uh, with advertising, because we have this triple bid process at the beginning, what we can actually do is we can start to evaluate the carbon uh, impact of each treatment. Um, and I think that's a really interesting uh, future for us, actually. I think it's, there's, there's, it's in conflict potentially with creati- creativity, and that's something we've got to be really, really careful of. And I think we'll find a way through that. We will. Um, but I think if you imagine a world going forward where a client asks not just for uh, a financial budget, but a carbon budget which will be available. We'll be able to work out the carbon impact of every treatment. So if a production company provides a treatment and only a treatment to shoot in Australia and the one next to them who has a treatment that maybe the client doesn't like as much or we like as much and and we're looking for a a reason to decide who to to pick um, and it's shot in the UK or close to home or with with fewer, fewer carbon emissions, I think that becomes a conversation, whether or not it, it initially becomes a, a, a reason to change change the choice and, and who the, the director, who, what director is awarded and production company is awarded the project. But it, it has to start affecting people's thought process around where we shoot, how we shoot, what the treatment is, what's written, um, when we shoot, you know, and, and I think that's a really, really interesting um, uh, and fascinating sort of future we have. Uh and, and I think it'll enable us in, uh, to, to do that, actually. And I think if, if we ignore it the first time round and the client asks for the, you know, the carbon budget, I think next time round as an agency, we might think about what we write. And certainly as a production company, they might think, well, we were thinking of Australia, but maybe we should give a, an option close to home because we could lose this project if we only think of Australia. So um, for me, that's one of the most interesting parts of the calculator. Obviously, the data at the back end uh, is, is, is incredibly important to to, to individual organisations, clients and agencies and, indust- and the industry. And I hope also uh, once clients see that that data can be used internally very uh, and is, is important internally uh, for them to, to, to sort of uh, promote their own sustainable behaviours, that maybe more clients will, will, will support the levy. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. So I wanted to touch on awards as well. And you mentioned sort of introducing potentially kind of carbon based budgets at the start of the process. You know, is there an argument to say that actually, you know, emissions and sustainability should be sort of uh, kind of looked at towards the end of the process? So, uh, you know, awards are a big thing in advertising, we all know. 
but should there be uh, a kind of process whereby the sustainability of a project is taken into account when judging is done wherever it may be at whatever award show and, and that forms part of a judge's opinion of how successful the campaign is be it creatively or otherwise Claire what do you think? Uh, it's, it's, it's a hot topic Danny It is I think yeah. that um, it, it's a difficult one because it depends what you're judging so f- just looking at for instance one of our craft awards let's say colorists how do you how could you put the sustain you know the carbon impact of commercial within the criteria of how a, a colorist has approached the way they've they've made the commercial look mm. it doesn't feel appropriate or i don't know practically how you could apply that in any meaningful way to some of the awards i'm talking about british areas right. of course um, what we have done is introduce a specific award around sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what, what at Net Zero, the plan is that they will at least ask people to publish their sustainability impact, their carbon impact for ads. So whilst at this stage, whilst we're figuring it out, frankly, I don't think that we will necessarily take that on board into the criteria of judging a specific award, unless, of course, that is the point of the category Um, but I think that just you know having that awareness ongoing is is going to make people think more and more about all of the things that we've been talking about all of the ways that we can be more sustainable in production and yes I think perhaps over time you know you, you, you won't be able to enter some awards unless you can show that you've demonstrated best practice from a sustainability perspective yeah yeah Anthony, is that something I, you I, would agree? Yeah, I do. I've, I've talked a lot about this, actually, to, to Joe Coombs, who runs Ad Green and, and various others, Advertising Association. And, and as Claire said, it, it's super complex. And when you certainly get into the craft categories, you know, it's very, very difficult when you're judging one specific element of it. Um, one thing we, we end up talking, so if going back to Albert uh, and the broadcast industry, uh, you may see that uh, a lot of programming now has the Albert, have the Albert footprint on the, the end of the the program, and that's to show that they've re- reached certain uh, standards of, of sustainability and of uh, an accreditation. In effect, they've gone, they've audited. Somebody's come in and ind- independently audited the project af- after the event, and have said, "Yes, you've met certain standards." Um, Ad Green have shied away from that sort of uh, certification um, uh, of work. Yeah, under the advice a little bit of Albert, actually, and, and the conversation we've had with them is that. Um, if if you introduce certification too early, people default too quickly to offsetting because there's always going to be a certain amount of offsetting. And actually, if you can reach a, 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 um, a certification by removing the rest of your carbon uh, impact by offsetting it, then that's not the plan. Offsetting is the very last, probably necessary at the moment, thing to do, but the very last when you've done everything else and squeezed the, every last drop out of everything you can do. So um, they've, they've avoided that to start with. But who's to say there couldn't be a world, to Claire's point, where you can only enter a, 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 an award show if you have a certification of, of sustainability? Be it from Ad, now let's, let's, yeah, there are other options other than AdGreen. You know, it's, a, it's a, an opt-in process. It's an opt-in organization established by, the, um, by uh, some years ago, actually, but supersized by the Advertising Association for the industry. You know, there are other... Um, uh, organisations that do similar, but you know, if all of them offer some degree of certification, that's quite interesting. I don't know if it's practical or possible, but as Claire was saying, it's a it's an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah. 
and another hot topic uh, to go with this one. So, is there an element of unavoidable hypocrisy that the advertising industry is attempting to become more sustainable while at the same time still responsible for selling and trying to sell, so for example, tens of millions of plastic bottles every year and, uh, you know, things that aren't good for the environment and aren't particularly sustainable? Is that just something that the industry has to kind of coexist those two things have to coexist together. Well, we, you know, that's what we do is we we we, we try to um, change behaviour so that people consume more. I suppose I, where where I think we can have a positive impact is uh, influencing our brands and our clients to to promote and focus and develop and innovate more uh, around more sustainable practices. Um, so I think that. We, we can have an impact. Yes, we are going to still carry on doing what we do, which ultimately does lead to people buying more or, or signing a petition or whatever it is we're trying to get people to do. But um, I think that we can use our power uh, to support innovation and, uh, and move towards sustainable practices as well. So I know that the, there is the, the, the people talk about, well, should you just ban advertising for carbon-intense products? I think that's a blunt tool. And I think that actually if we are working with some of those clients, the plastic bottle producers or whatever, to to find alternative ways to produce, distribute um, and ultimately package uh, whatever it is that they're selling because of consumer demand, because of how we can help lead them down that path, that to me is a more sophisticated and ultimately might be more successful way to go. Sure. I think um, we actually have tremendous power. Uh, as a as an industry and responsibility actually that we can create really meaningful sustained uh, change at scale i think we, it, it, interestingly i don't know um there, there's a an initiative that's been set up by uh, elvis and iris actually or led by elvis and iris called uh, eco uh, effectiveness um which is basically trying to introduce a, a new measurement uh, which basically looks at the brand's uh, profitability while we're trying to reduce their carbon emissions. Uh, and I think that's a really interesting way. And what they're actually saying and what they're proposing to the industry is that, or, or suggest to the industry is that we should be, take ultimate responsibility for, for the whole carbon input, uh, impact of our work. So that's not only the production of the work, but it's actually the increase in sales. It's actually the, the mining of the materials to make the product, the production, of the, the production of the product, the use of the product, and ultimately the disposal of the product. And what actually is the carbon impact, the full carbon impact of our work, we focus on, uh, on communication that actually has no carbon impact uh, and is maybe value added to the product, um, for example. Um, uh, and, and do we try and support more sustainable behaviours in the advertising, again, to promote this change? And again, change the brief is another thing. Claire mentioned that earlier, uh, which is, uh, which is uh, certainly advocating that we, we use our creativity to to. Ch- to, 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 to support more sustainable he- behaviours, which is obviously something we need to do. So I think it's a really interesting approach. I, I don't know how, how universally it will be adopted by the industry and clients, but a measurement that measures the whole carbon impact to then promote change uh, in, 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 the, in the brief that we create and the work that we create and the focus, uh, that we, uh, uh, the focus of our work, is, I think, is a really interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like the industry is, is tackling this head on. You know, there's lots of initiatives, there's lots of talk about it, there's lots of awareness. Um, but, you know, is there, I guess the final question really is, is, is there more that the, the industry can do? And if so, what, what is that apart from creating more awareness around people? 
I think I think awareness is. I mean, again, coming back to what, what we do, we create awareness uh, for people around whatever product it is we're trying to get people to do something different. Um, I think one danger potentially. I'm literally thinking out loud here, is that you could take a client that has some carbon intense product, and you could find one really great sustainable initiative that they've done, do a fantastic job on communicating this to the to 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 the to everyone which could in effect then greenwash in so far as people could then feel much more positive towards that brand as a whole whilst they could still be doing some fairly dubious practices on the side so i think you know responsibility is massive i think we have to work with our clients to try and generate change through awareness through uh, you know training through all the resources that we can bring to the table it has to be a shared effort you know, I think that the clients obviously bear as much responsibility. Well, I would say more if it's their product. But, you know, I think we have to work together um, f- for the greater good, but bringing all of our creative powers to the table in whatever way we can influence that change. And, and isn't that the key, though, that is that it is the, the clients, the brands that are at the, at the sort of forefront of this? I mean, advertising in the industry and you guys and all these initiatives can do as much as they're able to do and kind of try to uh, kind of teach people about best practice and stuff but ultimately a brand needs to take on the responsibility themselves you know and being cynical i suppose is you know it's going to cost their money that the likelihood is that profits potentially are going to suffer if they have to do certain things that kind of positively positively impact the climate and the sustainability but negatively impact their bottom line is that going to be the biggest sort of obstacle essentially uh possibly um, but I, but I think that that brands will lose the right to exist unless they make that change. Right. Uh, and again, I think as I said I, I I think, and I'm sure most of us think that there is only one path that we're heading on. There's only one direction of travel. But it's so it's just whether or not you know we we proactively make that change, and maybe some of those brands and agencies can get ahead of the curve, uh, or whether we wait for it to be forced upon us. So. Yeah. Personally, I, I, I can't see there, that, that there is an, a, another future, personally. Um, th- but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with this. Sorry, Claire. I agree with the, um, uh, the clients forcing change. I mean, Claire and I have been concerned about what we do in advertising, in, in production for, for a considerable amount of time. And, and I think, I, I don't know if Claire would agree, but I, I've certainly been frustrated in the, the lack of change we, we have made or been able to made, make. Um, clients can force that change more quickly. There's no doubt about it, you know, and, and, and I feel they might, um, but we definitely need their help to, to push the industry forward. And, and, and then I think it will move at speed, to be honest with you. I totally agree. I, I think we, uh, as, a, as, a, as a comms industry and our clients, need to make some really brave choices. But I think the investment that is almost certainly going to be part of those choices might be a short-term hit. I think long-term, those brands that don't make those choices will end up falling behind those that do now. So I think that ultimately those brave choices will lead to a longer term greater good because people will demand it. People will demand sustainable choices. Yeah. So back to the court of public opinion basically is that that will kind of hopefully push people brands to do the right thing. I am an optimist, mind you. Good. Good. And that's a good well that's a good place to end. I mean, it feels like we've covered all the topics and thank you so much uh, for taking the time this morning to talk to us um, and uh, it's been really interesting, really insightful. And let's hope that um, that everyone sort of bandies together and uh, and pushes forward on this. Thank you very Thank much. You, Thanks. Thanks.